Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we are very, very pleased to be with a current student here at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. She's in the EDLD program, the Doctorate in Education Leadership. Her name's Dean Woodring Blaze, and she just wrote a book called Trust Me, I Can Read, Building from Strengths in the High School English Classroom. Welcome, Dean, to the EdCast. Thank you for having me. Dean, let's go back to maybe when you thought, I want to write a book about reading. You're a former English teacher, correct? Uh, Was this something that you decided to do, or did someone approach you? Give us the origin story. Okay, well, I certainly did not start by thinking I want to write a book. So um, what happened is a group of my favorite teachers got together at a potluck, and there had been a New York Times article about Nancy Atwell's reading writing workshop, which we had all been using in our classrooms for years, and the article seemed to suggest that it would only work with suburban students, and that sort of raised our hackles because we'd been working with urban students, kids from all over the map in terms of income, race, cultural background, and we started talking about how we just didn't agree with the assumption that this could only work with some students and not with those students, which is sort of what we picked up on in the article. So as we kept talking about it and having more and more animated discussions, um, I think I sort of blurted out, like, it's, it's like we just need to get people to understand that you can trust these kids to read. And then we said, well, you know, and then this sort of trust me, I can read piece came out. It's, we then decided that we wanted to apply to um, – or submit a something for National Council of Teachers of English. So we did that. We put together a really fun, interactive presentation at NCTE in Philly. And uh, then we worked something out with Teachers College Press right then and there. They asked to submit a proposal. It was accepted. And in the middle of all of that, I also decided to come to Harvard and join the EDLD first cohort. So were you writing the book before you came to the cohort or was it a process and then how did any of the EDLD experiences influence the way the book has gone? Great question. So basically what happened is we were asked to submit the proposal um, and then right after that I found out that I got into the program. So my writing partner Sally Lamping and I decided that we'd better make it a pretty good tight proposal so that if we ended up writing it from two different places, we'd have a really strong common core to work from. So we had a series of 6 a.m. meetings at a local bagel shop, and we hammered out a really tight uh, outline. And um, then I got the news that the book was accepted. I went straight over to Liz City at the EDLD program and just said, help me find some time to write during the first year. And she sort of laughed and said, all right, you know, she gave me she gave me a couple choices and opportunities. So what I would do is when I was finished with all my EDLD work, I would schedule time to go write. And um, I went to the same table at the Widener Library reading room and would spend sort of six hours at a time just generating text. And, um, and that's sort of how it worked. Tell us a little bit about your book, uh, the the flow and the structure of it, and and also use a lot of stories from your own experience as an English teacher. Yeah, so um, this whole idea of trust me, trust learning how to trust students was something that developed over the 18 years that I taught. Um, I met Sally and worked with her most closely at Clark Montessori, which was the first public Montessori high school in the country. And because we had this sort of um, shared experience of 
Montessori in a public space, we had learned pretty quickly from our students, from the work of Dr. Montessori, and also from some very dynamic and powerful leaders that if we learn to follow the students, then we would learn how to teach them better. So um, that, for example, I had come from a suburban high school where there were lots of different levels. So there was advanced track level and lower track level. And I taught AP and I taught what was called college prep and general ed. And I had always tried to teach the same content to all the students. But when I got to the Montessori program, it was heterogeneously grouped. And I made a decision pretty quickly based on what I saw the students um, doing in class to teach the very best literature that I could get my hands on to every single kid. Montessori kids are trained to really think for themselves and they're really wonderful and demanding students. So over the course of a couple of years, we um, discovered that if we sort of shared the choice making and shared the decision making in school, that we would do much better. So the curriculum that we write about in the book is called the I Choose, You Choose curriculum. And what that does is it sort of honors and trusts the students to know what's going to most fully engage them. And it honors and trusts the instructors to have a sense of where the kids can go that they may not already know about. So in a very basic terms, I would choose one book, let's say Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, and then they would choose the next book. Sometimes we, we show how to do that in small groups, like lit circles, and then we also show how to develop a curriculum where every single kid is choosing their own set of books by the time they're in 12th grade. It seems like it's a, a very, I think it's been described as a low-tech practical curriculum, and it and it's, it's goes on the basis, of, dovetails between the sort of structure of a classroom, but also the openness of a classroom. Was that something uh, that came organically, or is that something that you feel that the students have responded well to? Uh, I would say both. So there's definitely an organic nature to um, building the infrastructure that was required for this this level of flexibility. Um, and we did have very transparent sets of rules. So for example, I would have, I had a binder that contained within it every individual student's reading list. And also all of the standards that they were expected to master by the end of the 11th or the 12th grade year. And the students, when they were all reading their own books, um, I would sort of go around and check in with each kid. I might do a mini lesson on a particular standard. And then the kids were responsible for finding, let's, you know, if it was something about indirect characterization, as they were reading along, they have a bookmark with that standard description in it. They would pause, make a little note, and then they would enter their mastery of that standard right into the notebook. I would check them off, and, and virtually 100% of my students mastered 100% of the standards over the course of a year. Who is the audience for this book, Dean? Is it is it just English teachers? Is it English teachers in particular types of schools, or is there a broader appeal to the sort of lessons within this book that apply to all sorts of different disciplines? Prior to coming to the LD, EDLD program, I would have assumed that this was only for English teachers. But what I understand now is that building this kind, this level of trust in a classroom requires system-wide cooperation and system-level trust. So I really see this as a book that would be essential for principals, for curriculum leaders, for superintendents, 
um, even if they're not directly connected to English teaching practices or to English curriculum, they could use this as a very specific example of how a trust-based pedagogy can work more broadly across the system. Dean, where can people get the book and where, where is, how much is it retailing for and, and all the details around how we can get this in the hands of our listeners? Okay, so um, you can jump online and you can get it at Teachers College Press. Uh, you can also get it on Amazon.com. I believe it's ready for pre-ordering or ordering. I believe they tried to keep it really affordable, so I believe it's in the $20 range. cheaper than 20 awesome um yeah so that's how you can get it and and dean what have you learned from the book writing process i know a book obviously is geared towards teaching people certain lessons but you not necessarily as the english teacher as as more you as the author what have you learned in, in terms of writing a book and lessons that you've grown from Well, certainly the co-authoring piece has been enormous. So Sally and I developed a system in which we each generated half the chapters and then read each other's and revised them. And we, Sally has just been an amazing partner in helping me remember the outside audience. And I hope that I've done the same for her. So it's learning to really see from a, a second perspective um, the process of putting this, putting something that's as deeply personal and intimate as classroom instruction with really wonderful students, being able to put that out there for a broad range of people to, to understand, I think, has also pushed me to think, again, from the systems level. This isn't just about one teacher and 100 students. It needs to be about all the different parts of education that have to be in play for that to work well. Dean Blaze, the book is called Trust Me, I Can Read, I Love the Title. Uh, thank you very much for being on the EdCast today, and go buy her book. Thanks, Matt. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.